Hey, everybody, it's Dave here. We are live in the two minutes. Mary says, go Vikes. Yes, go Vikings. Woohoo. We are ready. Kirk Cousins has the ball. Third and goal from the four. Boom, step back, drop back, throws, lofts it up to Justin Jefferson. He doesn't catch it. Question, do you go for three or do you stick and try for a touchdown? Good question, Dave. Good question. I don't know yet exactly. We're going to have to find out. Got to move my beer out of the way. Why? Because this team makes me drink. It makes me drink severely. As you can see, Flip is in the house. He has uh, he has not. He's over by his TV, so expect some yelling. And I just got a ring in from Germany. Yeah, buddy. That means Jonas Stark. The man, the myth that builds Iron Man has joined us. Hey, Jonas. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, it's a typical Vikings nail writer. So, yeah, I feel like the weeks are just, uh, the weekends are just the same. <laughs> week after week it's, after it's week. It's like, yeah, it's like. I don't know. Hey, Niner Sickness. Yes, what a crazy game, brother. Yes. Personal foul, Washington. Automatic first down. On a field goal attempt, they went over center, even though the field goal was good. We get the ball back. Half the distance to the goal. First down. Let's score seven. Hey, Mary, there's your favorite Beto from Niner Sickness. Joining the crowd. Mary's back in town. Her uh, apartment mates are going crazy because she is yelling like crazy. Can they hear you in Germany? It's got to be in the wee hours of the morning over there. You shouldn't be yelling there, Jonas. Oh, it's actually like uh, 10 p.m., so 10 it's not so that it's late. late. Ah. Hand off, hand off. Run the clock, run the clock, run the clock. Yes, playing this smart. Hey, Mary, what what did I say in our chat was the theme of this season? And Niner Sickness, did your boys win today? I have not looked. The neighbors get your plugs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. That is awesome. You let them know. <laughs> and new earplugs for Christmas. Yes. Aha. We're ready. Kirk Cousins takes a snap. Turns around. Hands off the ball. Juking around is Dalvin Cook going backwards and getting maybe losing yardage. Yes, Mary, we find a way to win. That has to be the theme of this season. 49ers getting healthy. Can't wait to play the Vikings in the playoffs. That's when we'd see you guys. And I can wait. 
You guys are scary. You're on a bye week? All right, cool. You guys need to break? I know we enjoyed ours. Let me look. <laughs> Other division games. Heads up right now. 55 seconds left in the Detroit Packers game. Detroit up 15 to 9. One minute left. Third and goal. We call our second time out. Yeah, beat the Rams. I think that's twice this year you've beaten the Rams, isn't it? Niner Sickness, you guys have their number. And boy, what the news was today where they were trying to do some trades. Speaking of trades, there was more news that the Packers were trying to trade for all sorts of people this up against the tra trade deadline, and none of it worked. Poor them. My heart bleeds. I mean, the Packers doing nothing on the deadline was already funny, but uh, the details that they were willing to give up so much and still fail to get anything done, it's just, it's just absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Boom. Kirk Cousins gets sacked. We're obviously going for the kick. 50 seconds. We're going to let it draw down. Hey, Daniel, the 15 minutes of watchable offensive football today. Yes, there were issues on the offense, but it looks like they may have found a way to win if Greg Joseph, who I'm sure watched our Thursday special, Thirsty Thursday special, with Ryan Longwell, comes in and boots it through. We'll have to see. Did you watch that, Jonas? Did you catch it? Uh, I'm actually a little bit behind you, so um, you're going to see it first. Okay, I just no. saw Did you catch the, was... the Thursday special, our interview with Ryan Longwell? Uh, I wasn't able to make that because uh, I had a very busy week and uh, didn't have a whole lot, a whole lot of time during the days, and obviously uh, wasn't able to do uh, to watch it live because it was too late for me. Um, yeah, so well, make sure you watch it on yeah. a rerun. It's still up there. Yeah. All right, we're getting ready for the kick. Sixteen seconds left. We've got snap, hold, down, kick, straight down the middle. Vikings are now up twenty. 17 with 12 seconds left on the clock. And That's... the graphics on the screen just went to 23-17 because they are wrong. And it's three points for 2017. I mean, I take 23, I guess. I would too, but it's, hey, it is what it is. Mary's like, yes. We are all yes. And for some reason, Flip's wife must have duct taped his mouth shut. Because we have not heard any yelling so far this game since we've been live. Yes, Jeremy, this team makes me drink. Obviously, I agree with you 100%. 
another heart attack cardiologist special, but they are finding a way to win. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to. Uh, oh, flips behind. I forgot. <laughs> I'm not willing to just call it a ball game yet because I don't know, man. Crazier things have happened. Well, that's true. That is very true. Rogers, where's the shocker? Well, yeah, you like you said, crazier things have happened. Booted through. All right, now they got to start at 25. They got 12 seconds to do it. Mm-mm-mm. Come on, defense! Come on, defense! Turn this down real quick. I mean, he's got to kick it inside the field of play to let them already um, milk some seconds. Like putting it in the end zone as a touchback would be would be a waste because you don't churn up anything uh, from the clock. Mm-hmm. All right, get the ball snap. Heineke back and shotgun uh, looks around, dumps off across the middle. Time's ticking, tick, 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 tick. He gets tackled right around the first down market, but the clock is running. That is game. Clock's run out. Vikings win. Vikings win. Vikings win. Vikings are now 7-1, and one, everybody. They find a way to do it. Yes, Jeremy, boom. Vikings have pulled out another one. They find a way to win. Yes, Clifford, 7-1. and one. It Doesn't it sound good? Especially going now, we can look into going into next week. Um, man, I've yeah, and I mean, it's... It's the set, it's the next two weeks because uh, you have two very tough matchups. Uh, oh yes, coming up with the Bills and obviously the Cowboys. <laughs> and you can tell that Flip is streaming. Got you, baby. And the Packers Got lose you. to the Lions, so we move up even further today. Got you. Stacy, you're in Wisconsin and didn't get to see the game. Oh, what a tragedy! Oh, the best playing. That's yes, the worst that place to be to not watch the game. They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> yes, Jerry. Bill. Get the Cowboys. W's in the chat. Uh huh. Give me the W's in the chat. Let's you for- go. You forgot I was live. I was over the air. No lag. Oh, I know. I wasn't listening to you guys. I hope you guys were saying good things. Oh, no. We Are talked we... about your wife duct taping your mouth because uh, we didn't hear any yelling. <laughs> Are we Are we on the other side of the roll-in? No. Good. Thanks for remembering. It is time, folks, for the final score. We're inside two minutes. Win or lose. Join us on Climbing the Pockets, the final score.
one seed. Nothing's yeah. off the table. Nuke proof Kirk. I love that, Nick. Uh, Skull Kareem. Cardiac Vikings. Yes, Stephen. And let's run down through some other scores real quick. Yes, your Green Bay Packers, the team we love to hate, lost to the Detroit Lions today. The final score was Lions 15 and the Packers 9. I know Aaron Rodgers was having a rough day, and it hurt our feelings a whole lot as we sit there and laughed the whole time. Also, the other big news brought up by the viewers is the Jets beat the Bills 20-17 to down at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. And so the Bills will not be seven and one when they we go against them next week. They will be six and two. That is also, interesting. Also, uh, when I'm I'm going to Minneapolis and watch the, uh, the game against the Jets, it's going to be a very good one. Woohoo! Jonas will be on site representing Climbing the Pocket Germany. He will come over. That is awesome. Now, we go through our normal stuff. I do want to look. What did the Bears do today? The Bears. They lost. No, no. Let's stop talking about other teams. Stop talking about other teams, okay? The The Vikings just won their sixth game in a row. We are 7-1. and We're better than half the – I mean, we're better than the Bills at this point when it comes to record. I refuse to let this game against the Washington Commanders get lumped in with all the other close games we've been playing, all the other imperfect games we've been playing. That's not what this is. This well, it was a close, a imperfect game. game. No, 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 no. This is a fraudulent close game. Nothing about this game actually should have been close. It's the offensive PI before halftime that made it a a close game. It's the referee throwing a pick during Washington's first touchdown that made this a close game. And it's all that stupid razzle-dazzle stuff, tight end screens, tight end sweeps, flea flickers, dumbass challenges by Washington's head coach. Okay, they were never the better team at any point in this game. And if it weren't for that ref bullshit if it weren't from some of that luck, it would not have been close. You see what happened when the purple pressure came for the Washington Commanders. They crumbled. They throw that pick. They get beat down in the red zone, and we get right the ball right back. We go right back down the field to take the lead. They make a dumb penalty, so we run out the clock on them and trot out Greg Joseph out there for the win. That's not a serious team we played, and they were held in it for reasons that weren't about the Minnesota Vikings. We're fine. I'm so happy we're going to Buffalo next week to prove it. All right. We always start with our highlights. Flip has got that off his chest. I somewhat That's not even my highlight. Well, I know. Uh, but let's start with Jonas. Jonas, what was your highlight of this game? I think you could name the, the defense overall. You could name a lot of guys on the defense. Uh, I think one of the guys you could name is a Caleb Evans, who played very well in uh, when Cameron Dantzler went out. 
But I think one guy I just want to name because he's got dunked on a lot this season was Daniel Hunter, who got there with two sacks. I got a bit mad when he missed the chance to do the kick the door <laughs> celebration on, Ty on Taylor Heineke on the first time. But apparently he saved it for the second half or the second sack. And uh, today you saw uh, the commander shift their uh, attention up front a bit more to Zadarius Smith because Zadarius Smith had been running free uh, all over any opponent's backfields uh, mm -hmm. over the past few weeks and uh, teams were, uh, were worried about Hunter uh, and doubled him a lot which freed up Zadarius Smith and this week they doubled Zadarius Smith they keyed Uh, on him everywhere he went and that just opened up things for Daniel Hunter and he capitalized and that I think was huge to see him capitalize once teams aren't like throwing everything at him I agree and if you watched Harrison Phillips in the middle between them because a lot of times it was Daniel Hunter on the left DJ Wanham on the right Her uh, Zadarius Smith floating around, usually over right guard, center, right, you know, somewhere in that area, and Harrison Phillips in the middle. Harrison Phillips, even though he did not, I don't know if he got any pressures, he was close, but he was pushing that pocket backwards. And so, yes, the defensive rush was a beautiful point for this game. Flip, what was your highlight? I think Jonas mentioned, you know, my, I'll call it a tie, but um, there's two people who really stood out to me today. I think Jonas's answer of Daniil Hunter is great. For me, it was like Jonas said, it's a Caleb Evans. Um, by great far, day. great day on defense coming in off the bench. Um, really was playing snaps before Cameron Dantzler got hurt, but coming in, getting involved in the run game, in the run defense, and then just be going matched up on Terry McLaurin, who is a phenomenal wide receiver, and being able to cause some crucial defensive stops in that matchup. It's so exciting to see a fourth-round pick do that. A fourth-round pick that many, many people were questioning why the Vikings traded up to get a Caleb Evans on this team, but they got they got their guy, you know, Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Loved this pick out from Missouri, and the guy's performing. Great to see a Caleb Evans. I'll save my other one for later on in the show. Well, Caleb Evans was fourth in tackles. That's coming off the bench. That's mm -hmm. how good he played this week. Um, my highlight, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, is uh, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, the boy stood out. He caught everything thrown his way. Whether it was like the behind the line of scrimmage passes drove me absolutely nuts today. But whether they were those or down across the middle to the middle of the field to get a first down, he was money. He was catching everything. He was that big, soft mattress Kirk Cousins absolutely loves to have. So much so, he is second in receptions for us today with nine and 70 yards yeah. and a 7.8 uh, uh, catch per 
yards per catch average. Yes. He and, was yeah. great. Didn't drop a thing. Fit right in. Uh, you know, learned the plays. Got where he needed to. I, I I applaud the guy for coming, you know, Tuesday night, just getting his, you know, iPad and playbook, and then today being so critical. And he even had a few blocks. Don't like his stance much, but he even had a few blocks <laughs> that uh, you're not did well. You're not going to call him out for missing that quarterback blitz? Well, yeah. it's, <laughs> I, it's rough. But for his first game in purple, I give – I tip my hat to the man. He did a great job, and that Definitely. is mine. Yeah, that's that a is great mine. highlight. I, I think a lot of fans loved the trade from the start. Dave, if you remember on Tuesday, I was much more critical of the trade. And, and what I said is that for this trade to make sense, TJ Hawkinson would need to be the second best receiver on this team. And, today? and that's exactly what he was today. Mm-hmm. Fit like a glove. Um, he's just huge for us and another weapon that we saw right out of the gate, the first drive of the game, they didn't hold him back at all. And just to think that he's even going to get more involved from this starting point is exciting. And the whole idea of him, the whole idea of Kirk Cousins getting comfortable with him yeah, has my heart warm because we all know Kirk Cousins loves his very good big tight end security blanket, and that has got to be a good thing moving this Vikings offense forward. When Kirk, uh, we're talking about, you know, um, the lowlights, didn't have the greatest day. He His passes weren't on target all the time. A lot of times they were short, and he was struggling during parts of this game. But TJ was there as the security blanket. He worked through it, right? We went to sleep in the third quarter again. I don't remember who said that on the remarks, but you are 100% correct. That drives us crazy. But when it comes down to needing it, fourth quarter comeback by 10 points down, he let us. He He's finding a way to win which I think is the theme of this team so far, find a way to win. It may not be pretty, right? It's not dominant, but what's our record now? So Kirk Cousins is your low light. Well, it's partially of it. Yes, it could be better. I'll I'll throw out Kirk Cousins. Jonas, who's your low light? I'll throw the whole whole offensive line. They had a rough day, rough (laughs) day. No, you don't get two low lights. You don't get two low lights. <laughs> I mean, I could name Ed Ingram again uh, because, I mean, he almost achieved the impossible by getting Kirk Cousins hurt. I mean, that really, that's impossible, and he almost achieved it. But <laughs> I don't want to talk about him anymore because just – the Vikings have to uh, have to think about benching him at this point because you're also no, not no. doing. Ezra it. Cleveland was just doing. as bad today. Ezra Cleveland was, was just as bad today. He, the, he whole was bad, was. The, the whole line was. There's a left that one. But the thing is, uh, Ed Ingram played at his standard, which he had all season, and you're not doing him any favors 
too, because he is clearly not ready. He is clearly developing some uh, bad habits. So uh, he is not developing at this point. And I think uh, you are not doing him any favors keeping him on, on the field, especially if you have a solid veteran uh, guard sitting right behind him. And uh, I think you could throw in Chris Reed and you immediately make this offensive line better because this offensive line is a weakling system and it's far better off if your weakling is uh, a solid veteran like like Chris Reed or Ezra, Ezra Cleveland. But that's not my low light today, even though I uh, talked about it uh, a lot now. My low light today is uh, Kevin O'Connor because I think he called a very good season so far. He had a bit, he was very good in m most of the games this year and today he just he was way too conservative. Today just felt like uh, Clint Kubiak just got back to the sideline. We saw second and long runs. We saw a whole lot of first down runs, even though it was not working. We saw uh, all those screen attempts, even though it was very obvious from the beginning that Washington was selling out on them and was stopping every every uh, screen attempt behind the line of scrimmage. At some point, you just have to accept that those things are not working. And usually... Uh, Kevin O'Connell did that this season, but today he just did not. And uh, I think his game plan and his play calling today almost did cost the Vikings this win because it's kind of like Flip said. The Vikings were clearly the better team today, but they put themselves in bad situations. And uh, a lot of this was bad play calling because they called plays that were clearly not working and every time they got more aggressive, every time they they tried to attack on the field, uh, they attacked the middle of the field, it was working. So why not do it on first down? Because the way they, they uh, called the play, they were setting up for third down always. And you can't do that against a pass like this, which obviously dominated this game and at some point you put your offensive line in very bit bad positions which they clearly weren't able to handle yeah it is interesting i think the vikings offense was stuck between a rock and a hard place this game you know we talk about the offensive line you could talk about some of the play calling issues i said i had two highlights for this game If I could have two, my second would have been Kirk Cousins. I think he was phenomenal today, given the offensive line he was playing behind, given the play calling that he was going to get. The guy was getting just absolutely smashed out there, and he continued all the way through the fourth quarter to just drop dimes to Justin Jefferson, to Dalvin Cook in the end zone. Never stopped gaming. Gamed better than Taylor Heineke did. But... I, I think my we can my disagree. Main point we here, can agree to disagree. Yeah. I agree with you on he never stopped. He gained. It's just I thought a lot of his throws were a little short and off target. I didn't see today. I didn't see any unforced errors from Kirk Cousins today. I saw 
an off-target throw that was out of K.J. Osborne's reach with a man in his face. I saw, you know, Adam Thielen not getting separation, getting hit in the hand. I saw an interception in the end zone where Justin Jefferson really got pass interference. Um, and, and, yeah, and But if it had thrown that a yard or two further, would it have been caught? Yeah, no, That's what I'm saying. There was a, a couple plays where specifically Jefferson – Jefferson had to woe up and slow down and sort of come back. And then, yeah, because there know, was a man in Kirk's face. Uh, there well, is always a man that. in Kirk's face. I, I but, don't doubt but that. My, but a lot of times, those throws used to be on target, whether there was a man in his face or not. I'm wondering well, then, is his, because this season, his, his accuracy to me. And his depth to me seems to be just slightly off, slightly degraded, slightly regressed. Are we still finding ways to win? Is he bringing up the leadership? Absolutely. Positively. But I'm not seeing him as quite as accurate as he was last season. Now, do I think he has room to get better? Oh, absolutely. I. This is what I love about this season is that each game we're going in and we're winning other than the Eagles game, we have room for improvement. And in each game, it seems we are improving a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. This game, the defense had a hell of a game for the most part, right? They did great. They held I don't, I don't see the it. commanders to 17 I don't see points. Um, I, don't see the, I don't see the massive room for improvement. I, I think Kirk has been playing near peak level this entire season. I well, think we'll agree to TJ Hawkinson. I think TJ Hawkinson adds another dimension, but I think the defense just is playing near their peak, given the veteran presence that they have, given that they're not a defense based on speed, given that Dalvin Tomlinson was out of this game. And I don't think that plugging in Chris Reed for Ed Ingram all of a sudden makes this offensive line better. The Vikings are the Vikings are in these games, they're winning these games, but I don't see this other dimension eight games in the season that we've been telling ourselves exists since week two. I, I think this is what it is. They're just a a scrappy team that's going to be in these games. They're going to win some of them. They're going to lose some of them. And it's great that they've been able to find a way to win consistently through that. That's probably the, the best part about this Viking season is that they're a clutch. It's we disagree. I think there's room to okay. become dominant, and they have yet to exploit that. And and who is who are you getting that dominant performance out of? Everybody. Whether it be Kirk, whether it be Adam Thielen, whether it be Justin Jefferson, whether it be TJ Hawkinson, whether it be that offensive line finally uh, – Sinking all the way across everybody no, no, no. on the what offensive What do you mean side. that offensive line finally sink? We've seen eight weeks of the offensive line. And they are playing better than they did last year. And Yes, and they're, and they're going against up competition. That, so even Kevin O'Connell's play calling for me today, you know that your offensive line is outmatched going against the Washington They're defense. going against a very, very good defensive line. The, the, the way to counter Octa, counteract that is by running the ball consistently early and by using the screen game you do not you do not beat this you do not let this defensive line simply pin their ears back with Kirk Cousins dropping dropping back 50 times in this game 
I think Kirk Cousins did the right thing with the play calling. And it was just the execution where we went up against a good defense. But about that. Pitting, uh, let let the passers pin that their passers pin back their ears is exactly what they achieved by the play calling because they consistently consistently got themselves into those third and long situations. Right, and because they if, couldn't run the ball, but they should have tried to run the ball. A hundred percent, they should have tried to. They should have tried those screen passes to keep the defense at bay. Did it work? No, but that is the right strategic move if you're trying to prevent a defense from having a field day on your quarterback. Yeah, but just because that's the correct thing to do, if it doesn't work, you switch. Yeah, and that's, and I, that's what we saw him do. We saw him switch in the fourth quarter. And it they shouldn't went take to the fourth field. quarter. When should it take till day? At least when should it take at half time in a one at least, at least at half time you I agree with you should you should he should have uh switched that up because that is uh, when he switched. We only that, had nine plays in the third quarter. That is when he switched. Yeah, they had nine plays because uh he still continued to call those screens, he still continued to call those ones and they weren't working. He got them in so many bad situations because the running game was not no. working. The screen game was not working. So they got themselves have... in those situations by failing on those plays. If, if, we, if we start this game running the ball and Dalvin Cook comes away four yards a carry, even 30 yards rushing in the first quarter, we are here with probably like a 35 points on the board. That's what Kevin O'Connell was trying to achieve. Now, did it work? No, I'm not saying it worked. Can Kevin O'Connell learn from this game? Sure. But to, I, I don't see what the counteraction was, was just give up on the run game earlier. Is that, that was your solution? No. And Larry, we're 7-1 seven, seven and, and we're not, not garbage. We're good. It's, we just it's want not – it's, it's not a, about it's giving up on the running game. It's not about giving up on the running game, but it's scaling back on it and use the quick passing game, not the screen game, the quick passing game over the middle. Use shallow crosses. Use uh, those slants. Use Harkinson across the middle, on not on third down, not when you have to do it. Do it on first down. Do it on early downs because it ta- it takes off the pressure a lot. That's the counter. That's what they had to do, and that's what they didn't do. Instead, they ran. Instead, they threw the, those screens, and they weren't working. They should have uh, used uh, the quick passing game on early downs, not the screen game, the quick passing game. That would have been the solution, and I think it w- if they would have done it earlier, they could have gone into halftime with a two-score lead easily. Uh- yeah, I, I really agree with that. More slants, more quick outs, those mm-hmm. types of plays, maybe even a few swing passes. And see, Jonas, I, I'm just trying to get you fired up, man, but that is a great solution to something Kevin O'Connor could have done differently. That's, that's why we have him here, Jonas of CTP Germany. <laughs> he is smart when it comes to football and how the Vikings can continue to win. And by all means, we're not saying this is a bad team. Vikings are seven and one. 
We absolutely positively love that with all our hearts. Because you're going to hear, well, hey, when yeah. the Vikings start 7-1, that means this happened in history, right? So we absolutely love that. Do we want better? We want to be able to compete. We want to be able to go in. And I think I saw over a week ago that the Vikings are favored in all their games throughout the remaining of the season per Vegas except for two. We'd like to go in there and be favored, not just like on this one where we were favored by three points or three and a half, depending on who you booked it with, um, but to be favored by double digits, to be known to that you're going to have a tough out if you're going to play the Vikings. We want to see that. We want to be able to roll into the playoffs with confidence that this team can play anybody right not just hoping for hey let's get a you know home field advantage and hope to ride it out at home field which is a great advantage and i hope that does happen but i want to be able to go in there and beat dallas beat philadelphia beat whoever else is coming up in the nfc that might be tough i want the vikings to be the class act of the nfc They've got a ways to go to get there. They're not there yet. Can they get so there? So there's only one yes. team that's the class act of the NFC. Class well, act right now, the there's show. only one team that goes in, and when you're looking at whoever they're playing, they are the dominant team. They are favored to win. There's only one. Okay. I, I think we're already there. I, I think we're already I there. I think the... I think the big reality check will be in a couple of weeks, and I've said it repeatedly. This Cowboys game is the game where the Vikings have to show that they are legit. They can lose to uh, the Bills, even though the Bills showed today that they are vulnerable at times. But the Cowboys game is, is the game where the Vikings have to show that they are competitive. They are at home. They, they play a very good NFC team. They play a team that they have to go through if they want to uh, be, uh, if they want to make a deep playoff run, and they have to show that they can do that, they have not shown it yet because they had they besides the Eagles game, they didn't have the opportunity to play a very good NFC team. In a couple of, the, of weeks, they have that opportunity. They can. They are playing the Cowboys. They are playing at home, and that's the game way where they have to be at least competitive. Well, it, it comes down to teams. it. We're seven and one. We're going to be in the playoffs. It comes down to matchups, and I think the biggest takeaway from this game is simply that we know where, what our weaknesses are, and maybe we're not able to overcome them if we're going against a great defensive line that is going to pretend that's going to pre- cause problems. present challenge us even if we beat the bills and the cowboys that's still going to present a challenge to us so we could beat the bills we could beat the cowboys and then if we go against a team that has a defensive line like washington does later on in the year that's still going to present problems to us we could be 16 and 1 and if we go against a a team with a great defensive line in the playoffs in the first round, that's going to present challenges to us. So that's kind of what I'm looking at is 
where are our weak points and which teams can beat those weak points. Now, I think, you know, Dallas's defense is very good. They're more on the back end um, rather than, you know, some of their pass rushers. It's not as good as Washington there. The Bills have a great defensive line. So that will be another chance to show how we how we make up for that weakness. Um, but I, I just I'm not at the point where I feel like beating the Bills or beating the Cowboys makes me feel like we could beat the Eagles if we played them again because it's different personnel on the field, it's different matchups. And we did not match up against the Washington football team today very well. Um, right, and I'm not saying you're wrong, Flip. I'm not saying we c- it is different matchups and how we plan and play against them. I'm just saying there's room for improvement on this team. That is seven and one to get better and to get more dominant. And say if Ed Ingram figures out how to defeat oversetting and be susceptible to the swim move, which he did, and Kirk Cousins got demolished, if he figures that out. That's an improvement, right? If everybody on that line figures out how, whether it be Darisaw who let his rusher go by that got um, Cousins, and I think that was the play that took Cousins out for a play, if he knows that, yes, my rule was if I see somebody go outside, I shed this guy and go to the outside, which I think Darisaw was doing, but then Ezra comes up and suddenly slides over and takes that guy, or there's a running back. If all that gets better, the Vikings get better. We're, we're not going dis- to agree on this because I see that, and I say, sure, you know what? Ed Ingram might show that he can learn how to defend a swim move in, in a month, but when he does that, he's not going against Jonathan Allen. When Christian, like, they're not going against Montez Sweat. They're not going against the defensive line they did today. So earlier on in the season, I was asked, if is the offensive line fixed? And everybody told me, yeah, the offensive line is great. The offensive line is fixed. I said, no, they're not fixed because they're not going against great defenders. So you just got to leave these this offensive line together and hope they gel and hope that, I mean, my, my area for improvement is hope Kevin O'Connell can figure out how to counteract these weaknesses better. I think TJ Hawkinson is a great way to say, yeah, there's room for improvement. But if we're, if we're just saying here, saying like, oh, well, eventually over time, all of our players, all of our existing players are going to play better, that's happening around the league. True. Yeah, you hope that's true. Um, yeah, like the Eagles, the Eagles are going to improve over time too, right? And they're already eight and up, right? So and you look fun. at the San Francisco Forty ers they've they've gotten improved. to a four and four record, and now have Christian McCaffrey and seven, you know, six or seven players, good players, have been injured for them. So just improving at this point in the season, we have to we have to realize that other teams are set to improve as well. And again, what we have that those other teams don't have is a proven ability to go into close games, whether they should be close or not, and win those games. I don't disagree with that. We've proven it so far. 
Seven and one, yeah. baby. Jonas, have you got any questions that you want to see answered? Mm. It's I think it's the question uh that Flip already asked. It's could they find a way to counter pressure uh better because they have clearly struggled with that. They had Uh, did not have a great plan to avoid pressure and there are ways to play around this so uh, can they figure uh, figure out those ways for the Vikings offense I think Hawkinson is a part of that but it's he's not going to solve this alone mm-hmm. Flip if you got any questions since we're in a question period I have two um, because again I think the defense played much better than the 17 points on the scoreboard today, I think my first is, can we handle a scrambling quarterback? And we're going to get another test of that next week against Josh Allen. Scrambling quarterback might not be the right word, but mobile quarterback, mobile. whatever you want to call it. You know, very excited to see what the Jets did today and see if the Vikings are able to replicate that next week. And then number two, I think every fan, Vikings fan should be asking Where is Andrew Booth? It's a good question, especially when you saw Evans go out for a play. Evans came in for Dantzler, who got hurt and played fantastic. But even Evans went out for one play. <laughs> and Yeah. Uh, and did Booth come in? I don't know. I'd have to look at the snap counts. Um But Evans. I, I, know, I know none of us have the answer to that question, but like. Evans came in. Um, Do I think Cleveland can improve? Yes, Freddie, I do. Uh, I think before this game, he's borderline playing Pro Bowl level at guard. Uh, He's close. He's getting there, and he keeps improving. Uh, I think he had a hard time today, but I think the entire offensive line had a hard time today because, as Flip said, we played a very, very good defensive line. Um, Larry, yes, they're seven and one, and they have not compla- played a complete game yet. Um, I think they will be fine. I don't disagree. I think they will be too. Uh, Fields I didn't th- beat them. I think uh, two th- uh, answers to two questions uh, that were asked. First, uh, I think. Uh, Missing a lot of time early on was bad for Andrew Booth because um, that's the time that rookies usually need to uh, to get things going. So I think the fact that Caleb Evans was there for the whole offseason just gave him uh, an edge. And as we saw today, uh, it's it's justified because uh, he played very well and he already show, uh, shown some signs of it during preseason. So um, at this point, that's one of the few situations wo- where I'm not too wor- uh, worried about Andrew Booth and more excited about K- Caleb Evans. The other question, uh, can we handle a scrambling quarterback? I think yes, because they did it very well against Kyler Murray because uh, they were very disciplined, staying in their lines. Uh, they didn't let him escape the pocket too often. They really limited this whole rushing uh, attack. 
from the Cardinals last week. So if they uh, play the same against Josh Allen, I think they can do that, especially because uh, the Bills also struggle on the offensive line this season. And um, I think if the Vikings defensive line can play a dominant game uh, against Buffalo, they can handle at least the scrambling ability from Josh Allen. I'm more worried about his, uh, about their passing attack, just eating up our secondary. Whoa. Yeah. And I, I guess mobile quarterback is the right word because I don't think that defense did a great job against Kyler Murray last week. I think he was able to consistently buy time. He threw for 330 yards to go with his six yards per carry. So Josh Allen's like a supercharged version of what we saw in Arizona. It's definitely going to be more of a test. And I think the Vikings failed the test the last time they went up against a mobile quarterback. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, I know the Vikings prior to this weekend were not favored. The Bills were favored by, I want to say it was nine or nine and a half points, almost double digits. Going into yeah, and, and and we'll see. And like, like guys, to, to address that complete game comment, I'm not looking for a complete game. The games like today are what I'm looking for. Do that consistently get me into the fourth quarter down by 10 where we as Vikings fans can still have confidence that we can win the game. And that's where I was today during that fourth quarter, because everything that led to that Washington lead was complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. So once we started putting the pressure on them, once we started, you know, once, once that, once the gimmicks were up and the referees went away, we won that game easily. So I'm confident the Vikings can do it again. And it's good confidence to have, and they've proven it so far. They find a way to win. Even though it's Dalvin driving us crazy, one, we doubt. Dalvin Cook, one-hand cut touchdown. Oh, that was a beautiful zone. catch. Woo! That was a beautiful catch. Um, but even though we doubt, and that's why the cardiologists love us, we have to get into that mindset that they're going to find a way to win. All right. Yeah. Um, Jonas, have you got anything ahead this week? Are you doing anything over in Germany? Um, I'm I'm curious to see the Vikings uh, play a good team against uh, the Buffalo Bills. I really hope that they are not just falling flat on their faces like they did against uh, against the uh, Eagles. Like I'm not expecting necessarily expecting a win and winning today was huge because if they lost today there is a good chance uh they could they could have been six and four in uh in a couple of weeks and that would be a big test especially for the mindset of this team if you lose three in a row i think you are going to see some cracks in uh, in this team, but they won today, and I think, uh, yeah, I think they uh, they escaped today uh, 
in a game which uh, which could have been easily out of reach if uh, if Taylor Heineke doesn't throw this boneheaded interception. But it's what we said uh, ahead of the game because Has Taylor Heineke is a quarterback. Tyler Heineke is a quarterback who is always going to do stuff like this. He is a guy who just takes those YOLO throws at times and uh, he doesn't have the arm to do it. So uh, he's going to put the ball in harm's way. And we know that if the ref isn't standing there right after uh, the halftime, there's another pick because Cameron Bynum was all over that. Um But yeah, they have to show uh, that they have a pulse against uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I would like to see them be competitive. That's that's all I ask for. If they are competitive and lose a close game, okay. I like if it's stupid, I'm gonna be mad. But uh, I'm okay if they are competitive in the in that game. Just don't get blown out. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Flip, have you got anything coming up like uh, Tuesday? I will be I will be unavailable on Tuesday. So these are all the takes you're going to get until we play the Buffalo Bills. Damn. Hopefully, I I, I I will confirm that I'll be on the final score after that game. Good, thank but you. But just like I said at the top of the show, the Washington Commanders had the hubris to treat their lead not like a fluke, to challenge some of the weakest challenges I've ever seen in the game to burn their timeouts because they were up by 10 points, to go for it while when they were in field goal range on fourth and one as if they were actually the better team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We showed them who the better team was, and they were honestly lucky to even be in that game today. Very much so. And... Not that anybody's going to forget. We are 7 and 1. Your 2022 Minnesota Vikings are 7 and 1. Be happy about that. We may bitch and complain and want more stuff. We may be greedy, but be happy. We are 7 and 1. We are second in the NFC. We are in prime position to make the playoffs if not secure a seed. And we have more great stuff on climbing the pocket, including tomorrow night with the Real Forno Show. Tyler Fornis will give his opinion and stuff, talk about this game, I'm sure, and what's coming up. Tuesday, unfortunately, Flip says he will have no hot takes, so there will be no Viking hot takes. Wednesday, however, we will have Vikings Happy Hour. And if you missed it this week, go back and watch Thirsty Thursday special of Vikings Happy Hour where we interview Ryan Longwell. It was fantastic. And then, of course, you'll have me and Darren at the end of the week to preview that Buffalo Bills game as we go. Is there any last words there, Jonas? Oh, I don't think so. I'm just, I just, ha- I'm just happy that they somehow found a way to escape this one again. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just loving how our whole division 
falls apart and burns while the Vikings escape every week again and again and again. And I think it, like, also probably all the divisional rivals are looking at the Vikings and think, man, they have to stumble at some point. And then they see us trailing against uh, the Saints, trailing against the Lions, trailing against uh, the Commanders. And they think, now this week is the week and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and I'm sick of it because if the Packers had our track record, what we did this season, and they were seven and run right now, everybody would be saying Aaron Rodgers just finds a way to win. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, Packers, Super Bowl favorites. If the Bears were seven and one with the same track record, everybody would say, oh, we've seen the arrival of Justin Fields. He's so clutch. That defense, so clutch. If the Lions, with our track record, were seven to one, Everybody would say, oh, Dan Campbell installed a great culture. Cardio Cats. Fuck all those teams because the Minnesota Vikings are the team that's seven and one. Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. And remember, it's uh, Victory Monday tomorrow. So if you go to work and you have some Packer fans that you work with, enjoy the day. With that, what do we say, guys? Skull baby. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. This has been a Climbing the Pocket and SB Nation's Daily Norseman broadcast. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.